welcome to our second season of On the Prowl, presented by Cardiac Cats. I'm your host, Jacob Shorba, and today I'm joined by Griffin Fisher, a fan of the unfortunate Super Bowl champion, Kansas State Chiefs. Yep. We're going to talk one last time on the previous season and then shift our focus towards the tasks at hand for both teams as they look to keep the squads together for another run in 2023. So congratulations on the season. Obviously, a, um, faking the whole feeling sad. I'm so happy for you guys, honestly. You just deserved <laughs> it more than every year team. But how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, uh, I'm enjoying the second full day of celebration. I'm wearing the same shirt again because I went and got another Super Bowl shirt. And uh, I'm kind of just now calming down from that game. That was, uh, I mean, for, I thought it was a really good Super Bowl. I don't know why everyone's upset, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm still doing pretty good from yeah, it. Yeah, I can't think of anything weird that happened, honestly. <laughs> Nothing Patriots-esque at all, for sure. But yeah, no, we're uh, we're excited too for you know bigger reasons over here. Well, you guys may have a Super Bowl parade tomorrow. We have a Calvin Ridley reinstatement day we're waiting on, and I think I think that's a bigger deal, quite frankly. I think there's a good argument for that. You know, the I savior mean, of the franchise. maybe that leads to your Super Bowl day. Well, it should parade day, you know. <laughs> By all means, it should do that. But uh, we'll see what Calvin Ridley we get. I hope it's the really good one and not the. Um, the one well, that the gambling well, one. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope he wouldn't like gamble the moment he comes back. I do hope that he makes a joke in his uh, first press conference where like the team says like, "Hey, are you going to be good this year?" and he just says, "Bet." Leaves at that. that. I still don't understand the ruling on him. He bet like on him. his own team. Yeah. I don't get that. That's still well weird. being separated but from the, the team. The, they went harder on him than they did with uh, Deshaun the Watson. other guy yeah <laughs> oh no i mean Whatever. i think you can uh, uh no i might at least at least roger goodell you know he, he said that officiating approved this year so they're good this year he I got was pretty evident the he whole was season. thrilled with the officiating this i really like the final conclusion <laughs> i like that the refs won the super bowl like, like that they had, they, like, the last big play. They had a rough play. first half, but yeah, they a, that, 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 that comeback was pretty good. That was a hell of a comeback. So, yeah, we've got two different things to look forward to. Um, and hopefully a better season next year. But, hey, it was a pretty good season. And we're going to wrap it up. It was a great season for the Jaguars. It, it really was. Um, just kind of sucked. Uh, Where they came who, from. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I got to be happy for that. but. It was more so the way it ended that was uh, kind of rough, but it's all right. So we'll uh, we'll kind of wrap up this last season here at the start of this, then we'll get into some other topics, such as the free agency, um, pending free agents, that is. So we'll talk about the Super Bowl for a little bit here. So I'll start off with a question that you will like because it's Chiefs-focused. How long is the window going to be open with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey? And when do you think one of them retires and who's going to be the first one to go? Oh, man. I I think with how Andy Reid responded to that question, I'm a home saying that he's going to try to keep him here for as long as possible. I think the bare minimum is three years. I think he's at least going to be here for three more years. And I'm guessing the longest would be six. So three to six years more for Andy Reid. 
because he'd still be younger than what Pete Carroll and uh, Bill Belichick is. He'd still be younger than them. Uh, Kelsey, I think there's three to four years left in his prime. I think for another three, four years, he'll be the best tight end. And maybe he won't have the highest stats in the season, but you can just always rely on him to be the like the the best player that Mahomes can rely on. Yeah, how long? For and Mahomes? I think he, he'll probably retire. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah, that's, big, that's the big question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm assuming forever. Yeah, but I I do think I think Kelsey is going to retire five or six years in the future. I think he'll play till almost forty. But yeah, with Mahomes, I'd I'd like us to re-sign him even after his contract's done, if he's still good, and I'm assuming he will be. I think he'll play for almost as long as Brady. Yeah, I think Mahomes. But so around for obviously very. So long yeah, time. I think the minimum for the Chiefs having all these players together is three. So I, I but I think that uh, it could probably possibly be five years, with just really good team. Yeah, and I still even after that, I think it's still going to have to run through Arrowhead, but it's going to be rough for other teams for at least another three years. Yeah, and we'll we'll see. I I think that uh, honestly, out of all the teams in the AFC, the only one that can like steal the first seed, I don't think the Bengals are going to do it. I don't think they're going to have that great of a year during the regular season. I think they'll be better in the postseason. The Bills, I don't they're even know if they're going to lose players too. Yeah, I don't know if the Bills are even going to be good. I mean, I kind of get the sense that something's imploding there. I honestly, obviously, I'm biased, but I think the Jaguars are the only team that really has like a shot at winning the number one seed against you guys. And it really comes down to like how good is the offseason and how good is it for the Chiefs too, because the Chiefs could really take advantage of this offseason and build up their roster even more. They can make a lot of moves, or they could just kind of stay pat and keep things the way they are and save those moves for later. Yeah, they're not in a a hole like the Chargers of the Bills. They have, and they don't have a ton of money, but they've got money. They have room to to work. They're not going to be a team that's going to be worse. And they have lots of young players that are still learning. They'll be better next year. I don't see a way where they're not. So other teams are going to have to get drastically better to really have a shot at them. And there's teams that can do that. I think the Jaguars are going to have a lot of improvement this year. I think the Bengals will still be at least good. They'll still have a shot, especially since they just kind of match up well against Chiefs. But other than that, other than maybe the Chargers randomly becoming a competent organization, <laughs> no, I don't see a team that can... <laughs> I still think the Chiefs, are, it's going to run through Arrowhead again. Or at the very least, most teams are going to have to go through the Chiefs if because the Jaguars do have an easier schedule. But I, I think the Chiefs are going to get the first seed again. Yeah. I just think this team just won the Super Bowl, and they're going to get better. I, I don't know how you get much better from 14-3, to be fair, because you're going to need to have like a dang near perfect season. And I think the game like in Jacksonville – that should, I would say, I think the Jaguars will win that after what happened this last year. I think that's a game they really needed to be at home. And it's a blessing that they get to host them. Obviously, it was their turn to host them, but that's a huge deal. And for me, like, as much as the roster building matters and the construction, the Chiefs were so good this year 
because of the coaching and the star talent there, like the big players. It wasn't necessarily like all the guys who were maybe drafted later, like playing okay. I think a lot of that really comes down to the coaching. And not that those players didn't matter at all, but it's an Andy Reid coach team. And for anyone who wants to beat him, I think it's all the mentality. Like the the Bengals are the perfect example of that because when they beat the Chiefs, it was because they weren't afraid of them because they just went to toe they sorry toe to toe. They believed that they could beat them and they made the big plays. But the Jaguars, like they kind of, I I think they got scared in some of those games or just um, there was just something off with their mentality. You could tell they were making a lot of mistakes, especially the pass rush in those games. They, but a lot of teams did. That. They got down. And I just think they thought to themselves they're not going to be able to get back up. I think they were coming out of it. I think at the late, end of the playoff game they were trying yeah, to. I think they were on track to recover in that game, but yeah, they just obviously had a terrible play, and then that ended it. But I think they need that that game at home to really help them kind of overcome the Chiefs and then work from that. And if they can beat the Chiefs, then really the rest of the year is can you stay within one game of them in the other 16? Because I, then you tie them and you get the tiebreaker. I do think I'm, I'll double down the Chiefs being better because their defense is so young and they've already got star players shining on it that I just think at least the defense is going to be improved. and I don't see the offense taking a step back. I don't think that the team is going to be better overall. And this year, the Chiefs were one of the only teams that was kind of consistently good. There, every other team just had like meltdowns. Yeah. So if those teams, so that, that doesn't mean the Chiefs are so far heavy one. That means that the other teams, if they can get their crap together, can can actually play against them. The Jaguars had a meltdown early. The Bengals had a meltdown really early, and the Bills obviously melted down at the end. If those teams can not do that, then it's it's still running for the first seed, and it's still running for who can win it all. But I, I just don't see the Chiefs getting. There's no way they get worse Super unless Bowl Mahomes hangover. gets injured. That's the, how they get worse. That's that's the only Super realistic Bowl hangover way from that the happens. first one. It was not yeah, bad. The, the Super Bowl first hangover time. from the first yeah. season was 14 and one because the final game Mahomes was benched. So it's not. <laughs> And, and this year, I think everyone could kind of see it. The Chiefs didn't look as cocky going into this. They were way more excited. There were there was less of a bad attitude. Like uh, we just we already have this one attitude. It was more of a everyone doubt us. You can see that they fed off that. And I don't think <sighs> they're gonna have a Super Bowl hangover. Not anywhere close to one that'll make them not a real contender. Anymore. Phillies will be worse. I'll say that. Philly will have a worse Super Bowl hangover. They've got more issues to address. That's for sure. Yeah. So, honestly, it kind of bothered me all the talking about, like, no one believed in us, that we weren't going to go anywhere, we weren't going to make the playoffs. Like, there were some people in the media who were saying that, but I think most fans that have, like, a brain were very well aware that the Chiefs were going to make it back to the playoffs. And, you know, even with, like, losing Tyreek Hill, like, everyone still knew Andy Reid's there, Mahomes is there, Kelsey's there. Like, that team should not be worse. 
by really that much. Like, I still thought they'd take a step down because of it, but I figured they would get it figured out by the playoffs. I just thought, you know, maybe they're like 11 and 6, 12 and 5 instead, instead of this, like, oh yeah, Mahomes is going to go 7 and 10 stuff. I just, I'm not sure that, like, there was a huge amount of people when you consider the whole community actually legit thinking the Chiefs weren't going to go anywhere, especially when they had the third highest Super Bowl odds before the year started. It was most of the uh, the talk shows and the NFL and ESPN. Most of those people all went to the Chargers or the Broncos or the Raiders. And I think that that's why it drew so much attention. And that's why the Chiefs picked up on it is because every – show about football was talking about how they're taking a step back aside from like a couple. And so even if the fans knew all the, all the chiefs players are seeing is like everyone predicting the chargers to take the division and the chiefs to get a wild card spot or something. And I think that legitimately fired them up in that case. I, I hope they, uh, they do it again this next year. I hope someone else will leave so they can all say the chiefs are done. Yeah. Because that team for the first time since the, uh, Super Bowl first Super Bowl win looked fired up, and you could it, it legitimately won them. I think it even ha- affected this last game, the Super Bowl, because the Chiefs' O line was told about how the the Eagles' defensive line is going to just kill them. Whenever the Chiefs' O line was a top three offensive line, oh boy! So and, even the offensive line was mad, and that's a fantastic transition into the last thing we'll talk about because we already kind of talked about the teams that got shot. Sorry, that have a shot, not got shot, uh, at the Chiefs next year. But uh, the the Eagles' defense, like, how does that team come back after that kind of defensive meltdown on the biggest stage? Because I get that the Chiefs' offensive line is really good, but Andrew Wiley is still a tackle starting on that team. And he went up against Hassan Reddick, and Hassan Reddick couldn't do anything. He couldn't get to him. I mean, they just got shut down, completely shut down. And for a team that was supposed to have one of the best defenses for sacking the quarterback ever in NFL history, I don't care what offensive line you're going up against. You better get a sack. But to, to, to not even get close a, was insane. On an injured Mahomes? Yeah, he was injured, like... But I do think that Wiley and Brown are both better than they look or than than what everyone thinks because they are the weaknesses of the offensive line for sure. But the interior is so good that every team is, of course, going to put their best players up against them if they can. So I do think that they're probably actually closer to the middle of the pack than their numbers suggest even. But yeah. And I'm not even going to blame the Eagles' defense, really, because you saw how terrible that field was. There were just I saw one play where they highlighted four separate people slip on the same play. That field was terrible. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to go on conspiracy theory here, but the NFL loves offensive matchups. And that field strongly aided both of the offenses where both teams' pass rushes could not get home. Because they're slipping. I said there's multiple Chiefs players who slip down too. Chris Jones is on the ground all the time. That's a so good I, point. I, I do think the Eagles, they they were not. I don't know if it's that their defense collapsed. I just think that that was the one part of the Eagles that actually was overrated. 
because they did play a lot of not so great quarterbacks this season who freak out under pressure and kind of just give up. And Mahomes is one of the best at not getting sacked. So I don't think it's it was their defense collapsing as much as it was the field conditions being terrible and them not being as good as they look on paper. And it's weird because the 49ers were kind of right. Yeah, the field conditions, I could see how they played into the sack numbers because it was not even just the Chiefs, sorry, the Eagles that didn't get a sack in that game, but the Chiefs didn't get a sack either. Both teams were and able they had to been evade. Fine Although for a while. I, maybe technically the Chiefs got one on like the stat sheet, but it was like a minus yeah, one or minus run two run by Hertz. So like it doesn't really count. It was behind the line, so it's technically a sack, but yeah, I wasn't getting them on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would agree with that. And that's honestly out of all the things, like obviously you got the holding call that a lot of people were complaining about, which is really at the end of the day, it's not an issue as far as there was no penalty. It's an issue that the consistency is it not was a there light call. Yeah. That, that the NFL can pick and choose essentially what they want to penalize. But for the, uh, the field, I mean, that was probably by far the biggest issue in that game. To, to prep that for two years and is the worst field that any team has played on except for in Washington? Yeah. And Sorry, Washington. That, uh, I don't know if they use the same ground crew or not, but if, if it is the Cardinals crew or people associated with them at all, that team needs to kind of be fined. <laughs> I mean, they hurt multiple players, and the Chiefs like made a complaint to the NFL after their week one game against them, and the NFLs did nothing about it. And I, I do, I almost think that maybe they knew that the field would be a little bit more slippery and it would help the offenses. But a game, barring the questionable call or the light call, was a really good Super Bowl. There was a lot of offense in it. And there's a lot of offense from two teams who supposedly had pretty good defenses, too. At least good pass rushes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was all the Eagles' defenses collapsing. I think it was all, the field had a big part of that. Yeah, the, the field, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around how it's in that bad of condition before. There's just no way around it. Like, with that amount of preparation time, that kind of stage, Think about what the people they, were paying to go to that game, and you can't even get the most basic part of it right. That it seems they drew attention to the uh, the paint. Also, the field was there's all sorts of logos over it. It was probably one of the most uh, painted looking fields I've seen, and they said that paint makes the grass even slipperier. It was really bad, and I, I even remember looking at some of the players, and they just had the paint just smeared on their uniforms after the game. Yeah, there were a couple more logos than usual, like like specifically around like the twenty five yard line. Yeah, I know they had. They had big yeah, they had like two extra ones there, but hopefully it's something that gets fixed in the future. You know, unfortunately, most of the time these uh, sports leagues don't really care. <laughs> as sad as that is to say, they really don't care when the Chiefs make a complaint. So if if it, if it hurts another team, unless it's Mahomes pointing that Smith Schuster was held, then they. So can. Mahomes has to complain about the fields. What you're saying? That's true. Yeah, basically. Although he complained about the overtime rules and they told him to f off, and then the Bills complained about it and they, oh, I'm still salty about that. 
That's true. I, That's fair. The Bills need to complain about the quality of the field, then it might get changed. Yeah. You like the Bills, don't you? Uh, probably my second favorite team, if anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you like the Bills. Something tells me that. So, <clears throat> well, before we move on, you got anything else you want to throw out on the Super Bowl? Because uh, obviously I'm going to give you the opportunity since your team won the Super Bowl again. I am just very happy, and I feel like the Chiefs are just so lucky. Because growing up, I just I figured that we were one of the teams I was just, just going to never see it. I watched Matt Castle for the first part of my childhood, and then we got Andy Reid, a coach that I'd actually really liked because I, when I was like eight, I watched the Eagles and liked them to a degree. And I was like, we got the coach that I grew up watching because he looked like Santa Claus, and I liked him. And as I start getting more involved in football, we get Andy Reid, we get Alex Smith, and the team gets good, and then they go to just get in the playoffs, lose right away. Or maybe beat one team, lose in the divisional round. And we got Mahomes, and it's just changed. Everything's different now. We went from almost a cursed franchise at that point to where we just would never advance to the playoffs to a team that has two Super Bowls. And I just can't Three. even... Two <laughs> in recent history. Three overall. That I've got Seventh to see. in the NFL, as far as but it's. I'm very lucky, and the Chiefs fans are all very lucky, and I think they're appreciating this one more after the Bucks loss and realizing that's not just going to be given to them. They are going to have to actually play, and they are going to have to really try to win. They can't just expect to be given the Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with all of that. And we definitely, as Jaguars fans, we're definitely hoping for the same thing. I think the frustrating part, though, is that we're kind of like right now where you guys were after you lost to Brady in the championship game, except a little less is proven because it's really just one good season that was only nine and eight and one playoff win after two of the worst seasons in the league. So it's like there's not as much proven, but we're kind of at that point where you're hoping that everything you see is legit. You're hoping that this team goes and wins the Super Bowl, and you would think for every reason they should, but we've also seen this uh, script play out before, and it did not go well right after, but a lot of things are different. And this is going to be harder than what the Chiefs did too, though, because the Chiefs got Mahomes right at the end of the Brady era. The the Jaguars are going to have to go through Mahomes and his era for probably the length of Trevor Lawrence's career. So it's going to be even harder. But I do think the Jaguars with Lawrence are going to get one at least. Yeah. I hope they do. They deserve it. As long as the Chiefs get another couple mixed in there at some point. But Yeah, as long as they have like four or five <laughs> times as many, for sure. No. I'd like to see some different teams win it, obviously, but Jacksonville is at the top of the list for me because I'm a fan and I'm going to root for them to win every year, obviously. But I, uh, it's I think they're close. I, I think uh, right now, I think next year they show up in the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win it, but I think they find a way to get there. Depending I'll on say the season. One last thing on the Chiefs: it feels weird being the bad guys. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I see why, because I had I had multiple friends who were Patriot fans, actually, but I had one that was a huge Patriot fan, and he was always so nonchalant about people just trashing his team and calling them cheaters and stuff, 
And I understand how easy it is just to not care now. Because whenever your team wins, people saying, oh, it's rigged or refs just doesn't affect you. Because your team won. You have all the Super Bowl gear to show it. But <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to embrace being a fan of the bad guy team now. Because there isn't going to be a single person cheering for the Chiefs this next year that's not already a Chiefs fan. Yeah, and you guys, like, as far as what you went through, through the previous era, like, all of the reward from that, you've not only gotten what would be fair, which I think was one Super Bowl win, but you have more than that. Like, if you didn't win a Super Bowl for the next 60 years, you would still be average with every other team in the NFL. As far as Super Bowl wins. So, like, it's kind of crazy how quick that flips but i mean we looked at it the other day we looked at the patriots before brady and the chiefs before andy reed and if you guys are anything like tom brady as far as um just the success he had with new england and even in tampa and especially if mahomes sticks around there you will be way worse than what the patriots were especially as as far as like a winning franchise and all. And I think you'll find a way to get to six Super Bowls as a franchise by the time Mahomes retires. I think you might be over that. I think it's possible. So, but time's going to tell. There's a lot of time to go by. Yep. I I mean, I agree. I think that by the end of Mahomes, the Chiefs should at least be talked about the same as the Cowboys or the 49ers or the Steelers or the Patriots. They'll be in that batch. Yeah. They're already pushing it. I think the next Super Bowl, they're there. It is. I, I, I think they are a dynasty at this point. Don't say that word. We we understand that you're, you are, but no one wants to hear dynasty after what the Patriots did to the league. Two Super Bowls. And then I'm sorry for the rest of the league. I I do feel bad to a degree. Not for your division though, right? No, 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 I hope the division gets zero wins every year, but I, I feel bad for the rest of the teams because I don't see a way the Chiefs aren't going to be the team to beat, at least for most years. For the next decade. As long as Mahomes is there. I think they're going to be the same as when Brady was with the Patriots. Where there's always this final boss. Yeah. It could be the next decade. I'm going to say at least the next three to five years. Depending on how long Reed's around. Kelsey's around. Because I do think like once Reed leaves. that That's going to play a huge factor in that team. Like, if you get another really good head coach, you'll be fine. Not as good, but you'll be fine. But if they just get, like, a a decent head coach, the the play calling is going to take a complete nosedive. He's my MVP, personally. Matt Nagy doesn't have a great uh, record attached to him, but the team really likes him, and he... That could be an actual possibility for a coach. Uh, and I think as long as Mahomes is there, of course, <laughs> they're going to be successful. But I, I have a feeling Matt Nagy is going to keep moving up. <laughs> Matt Nagy being he has the, a ring. Uh, the best. He yeah, got a yeah, ring before the Bears got a ring. Yeah. Matt Nagy being the best coach in the league um, seems like an April Fool's joke to me, honestly. But 
I think it's going to be someone from the Chiefs team who moves up to head coach at, at the very least. It's going to be someone that's yeah. taught Eric the enemy five years down the road. Yeah, no one after picks like one the twenty team still. different interviews every off season. I don't know. Does he just go into interviews just like cuss out the owners or something? Because at, at some point, people take chances on way worse quarter or way worse coaches. And at some point, aren't you going to just take the Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator when he's there? Just take a shot. <laughs> No, we gotta let the Chiefs be good, man. We gotta keep their whole I, staff I said that intact. Last year, I said that last year. It's like, oh great, we gotta keep our great offensive coordinator. I, I, I said the NFL is going to regret letting us keep him. And and they're gonna they regret did. it again. <laughs> they might regret it again. He's already uh, multiple teams that have head coach vacancies have already said they didn't even interview him. They didn't even talk to him. They talked to way worse guys. I do not dumb. understand. Yeah, it, it's, whatever. It's not. I like it. it. Works for our Chiefs. It's laughable. It's like watching teams play you guys and then like make stupid decisions consistently throughout the game or like <laughs> shoot themselves in the foot. I think, it's like a weekly occurrence. I'm like, why are you like doing luck, this again? But I think a lot of it's also Andy Reid. He's such a good game. Oh yeah, player, yeah. It's a combination, time. but like there is a legit mentality really of fear. This year. This year, well, yeah, you couldn't ask for anything else with luck. You, you not only had the luck, but the teams you got to beat in the playoffs were like the perfect story. Like you, you got the Chad Henney revenge game against Jacksonville. You have the uh, beating the Bengals and like the Burrowhead stuff, and then you got the Eagles. Just so Andy Reid could get revenge against his former team, like yeah, no, no more complaining. I, if you guys lose a game next year and you complain about it, I'm just gonna be like, no, can't complain. Not for the next yeah, twenty years. I, summing up my feelings, I, I, I'm content now with the Chiefs. Content, that's it. Yeah, I, I of course will want them to win next year, but I don't feel this now that he has two and his records two and one Super Bowls. I think I'm I'm fine. If they don't go and win it this next year, I'll be okay. You might be okay. <laughs> now, you can quote me on that, but I'm sure as the season gets on, I'll get way more aggressive on the Chiefs needing to win it. But you're, you're definitely getting quoted because it's recorded. I would be happy with a team like the Jaguars getting it. Yeah, until they play each other and the Jaguars win because of a bad call. If it's a championship <laughs> that's, game, that's what's going to happen, or be said to happen, hundred percent. If they play in the championship, I don't know if I could justify that. If the Chiefs played earlier. The Jaguars earlier in the playoffs, I could maybe justify thinking the Jaguars deserved it more, but more time they play in a championship. It. I'm just going for the Chiefs at that point. That's too far in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, now that we've talked about the Super Bowl a lot, um, we will go ahead and just pretend that last season is just gone and not to be talked about anymore. But we're gonna go ahead and start talking about the first part of this off season. So. With the season officially coming to an end, each team is going to have roughly a month to resign and release players from their squad. So we're going to talk about both teams here. We're going to kick things off with your Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to go through the potential cuts that these teams could see. We're also going to look at the free agents, kind of look at what they're going to be paid. Would you bring them back? That sort of topic. So the first guy on here is like a no-brainer, quite frankly. Um, Shaquille Griffin is is the big cut everyone talks about because it's thirteen point one million you save, and then four million goes to dead cap. So, I mean, the way we feel is that he didn't play good 
He was a liability for the team. Being a liability, you cannot be justified under like superstar money. So you're a cap casualty. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I fully agree with that. He's that's a lot of money saved. Yeah, and I don't honestly see how they could even go through the rest of the offseason without cutting him. They would have to let a lot of players go to keep him. So it just really makes no sense. Now, after that, though, you've got a lot of players that there's a really good conversation over. Like, you can actually have some debate on both ways. So the next guy, probably still a cut candidate, but actually could be restructured. Like, you could extend him and push cap down the road. Roy Robertson Harris, he's one of our defensive linemen. He played at right end primarily this year. He's under a t- about right over $10 million contract. $7.8 million you would save. And then you have $2.3 million that goes to dead cap. On that cut, I'm not sure how much you looked into all the players, but would you keep him around? or I... Looking at your defensive line, and I think the Jaguars are going to pick up a lot of defensive line pieces this season. I think you have to cut him because that's a lot of money for a player who's not a Frank Clark or a Chris Jones or a, even a Josh Allen. To be because I, I do think the Jaguars are going to pick up a lot of defensive linemen that can, they can fill in there. What I think is going to happen is with, like, with Roy Robertson-Harris, you look at the position he plays – and you look at how much he's paid, you could first of all you know, justify cutting him because the question really is, are these players worth the money you save? Because the dead caps, he's going to be paid that no matter what. So really the question with him is like, is he worth $7.8 million? And I, I think you could try to justify it, but I think you can do better with that money and you already have to save. So like, I would cut him at that. But what makes it even more obvious to me is that the team did hint already that Trayvon Walker could see a bit of movement, like he could line up somewhere else. And you know where he lined up in college? He lined up at the right end. He lined up on the defensive line with his hand in the dirt. So the obvious move to me is to move on from Robertson Harris, move Walker the line primarily, and then you try to either draft or sign a veteran to play that 3-4 outside linebacker spot on the strong side. And you really think about it, like, you're not going to be in 3-4 all the time. It's part of the time. So, like, going after Justin Houston would make sense because he's going to play part of the time and you just put him on the field for 3-4 looks. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's just an easy cut to me because I, I really think they're going to get defensive linemen in the draft. More than one, even. And there's, there is actually a lot of veterans coming out who are going to be pretty cheap. The veterans make more sense to me. Because, like, the the draft right now, you have two really good names at the top with Carter and Brissy. But then after that, and, and I guess Brissy's, sorry, Brissy is an argument there, too, because some people don't really like him, and I'm kind of in that camp. But after that, it's like you're taking a shot on someone in the second or third round, and then there's like size issues, or this guy didn't have a lot of production. Like you're getting into guys that are risky. So I feel like the best thing for them is like just put Walker on the line. He's going to already be really good in that kind of role. He's going to be better as a player. 
and then just get a veteran who's going to be cheap, want to go win a Super Bowl, sign him, and get a lot of sack production. I think I think you just have to uh, you're gonna have to cut a lot of these players because the Jaguars need to make up room in cap. You so have I to think, cut some. I think they're thinking about that for every single person. I think they have to look at is is this guy completely necessary? I think that's what they're looking at. And I just don't see him as completely necessary. Yeah, and so here's one thing you do gotta look at with the Jaguars though, with the salary cap. Yes, like right now they are 32, 33 million under. And I know what you looked at said 22 million, but that does not factor in Calvin Ridley yet. So it, it does actually end up being a worse number. But they have like 80 or 90 million dollars next year that's open. And they only have two really big players that are free agents, which are Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. So they don't actually have to cut a lot of guys. Because all they do is they restructure some contracts. So, like, you push money down the road for Christian Kirk, for Foye Aluakon, for, like, Darius Williams, maybe even Zay Jones. And that gives you enough money to where you can re-sign these guys on backloaded deals. And you could still be positive in cap space um, this year and the next year. And I think they'll figure that out because there's going to be a lot of players who would want to do that. Like, when the Chiefs first got good and won the Super Bowl, or even just made the championship game and lost the Patriots, you could tell that players knew this team was special, so they all took pay cuts. And I think the Jaguars are going to see a lot of that, of players restructuring and are being fine with being their money pushed down. I think that the Jaguars will be okay in cap. Um, I am really interested to see what exact moves they do, though. Yeah, they could treat it a lot of different ways. And one thing to consider as well is that when you push money down the road with the signing bonuses, they get that money up front. So like the players usually make more money right off the bat, but you just spread out when you're considering that sinus, sorry, signing bonus being paid out. So like, say you sign a guy to a three year deal, it's 12 million signing bonus. He gets 12 million, but there's $4 million against the cap each of those years for that. So signing bonus feels like a cheat. It really is. And so it's the owners that can spend money and are comfortable doing it. Those teams have an advantage. And so the Jaguars are one of those teams because Sean Khan has really never been afraid to open the pay paybook. So, um, or checkbook. Gosh, my words suck today. But yeah, I think they're, uh, they're going to find a way to negotiate it all. We've got three other guys they could cut, and then we'll actually mention one trade conversation here and just fly through the free agents. But Rayshon Jenkins is a really interesting one because if you look at what he did last year, there are two games this team probably does not win without him, and there's an extremely strong argument for that, and they wouldn't even be in the playoffs without him as a player. And so his cap hit. Um, what you would save is $6.5 million for a pretty solid starter. But to me, like, I would probably keep him, but I could see him getting cut because is he going to do it again? Like, is he going to go win you two games again? Have, like, a pick six at the end of one or force a fumble on Josh Dobbs in the last game of the I, regular season? Like, I think from just his impact, most teams. When they have a player that does something like that, keeps them for yeah. at least one more year. 
And the Chiefs had multiple players like that their first year and the second year. I I just don't see you guys cutting him after what he did. I agree. At least not. He, he might only stay for one more year, but he's going to be on the team this year. I'm very certain. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is they're going to keep him around, and then next year he's not going to have as big of an impact, and then he's gone after that. That's my realistic expectation. I hope he has a huge impact, but it is really hard for one defensive player to do that. And as a coverage safety, he struggled. Like he was good at everything else, but his coverage was not great last year. So just there's still problems just having, with him. Just having a guy with that reputation though just inspires the team. So yeah, he might be gone after this year. But the team, whenever they're down in a game at some point. They're going to all feel better because like, oh, we got people on this team that can make an impact even now. So I think that, yeah, I just don't see you guys cutting him. You don't even really save that much. And there's a good amount of dead or dead cap. So I just don't see it. Yeah. And they could draft someone who could replace him pretty well. They could get that in like the second or third round. But I just don't think they need to make that kind of move. If there's a really huge cap issue you can just restructure the deal or extend them another year, do something. There's options there. So I think they could look at that. Now we got one more guy that would be a straight up cut. And then I've got two guys actually that would be mentioned as possible trades. Last one is uh, one of those Caleb on chase on, but the last cut that's possible is Jamal Agnew. So Agnew is 4.7 million you save two sorry 1.2 million in dead cap. This is a guy I think is a really prime extension candidate because he made the pro bowl even if it was as an alternate and you saw him consistently in the playoffs have these crazy returns. If he does anything like that again next season, he is way beyond what you're paying him as far as value. So what is his total pay next year or this year? 6.1 million around there and you would say 4.7 million cutting him and he's arguably I would say he's For, the best returner in the game and he's an I offensive was, weapon. I was going to say cut him but then just realizing just even remember th- thinking back to the Chiefs Jaguars playoff game every single return was a lot of yards to the point where he almost broke one. He I don't came think really he can. close. Yeah, that, that was the Harrison Butker by like the tossed his head into his ankle. Yeah. But yeah, I think you have to actually keep him. That those players like that, whenever they're that cheap, are actually really good. Like the Chiefs had uh DeAnthony Thomas, who was never great, but he just had like just a few really cool moments on returns and he wasn't super expensive. And we they kept him for as long as they could. I mean, that's what D.F. Thomas was known for in college, too, was he was a really great returner. And as long as Jamal Agnew does that again, he's worth the money. Yeah, I think he'll get some touchdowns next year. This was just kind of a weird year where, like, anytime he had an opportunity, like, someone would barely get him or there would be a penalty called. Like, even against Tennessee, he returned it at the half. And then they called it back, and Lawrence just drove him down the field instead. So, yeah, I think, like, Agnew is a clear guy to bring back. You've just got to change the contract is all. Because I wouldn't – I would 
push money down the road with him because it's a really easy opportunity to do that. And he's arguably your speed threat at receiver if they want to get him more involved. They wouldn't even need to sign someone. I think they could, but they could utilize him more on the offense. So yeah, I think if you could just push uh, push back one or two million, even that'd just be a really good keep on the team. Yeah, for sure. Now I've got two trade candidates. One really isn't too much of a conversation, but Caleb on Chase on. It's a guy I actually really liked when they drafted him, and I wanted him because at that point the culture was really bad in Jacksonville. Players didn't want to be here. Uh, the NFL PA even put out a statement about telling players not to come to Jacksonville. And before he was drafted by the Jaguars, Chason was practicing for the draft in his NFL career in Jaguars gear. And so like, I really liked him right off the bat because of that. And I thought he was going to be a really good pass rusher. Now at that time, not a whole lot of football knowledge about the positions or any of that. And I've still got a lot to learn. But I, I wanted him, and we got him, and unfortunately, it just has not worked out in any degree. And I just think for this team that if you can save a couple million off of him, I don't see why you can't. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs have had some hometown hero people before, too. And it sucks whenever they don't work out. It's awful. But there's a point where just being like really connected to the team is not enough. They do have to start making an impact. So it, it, it sucks, but I think you do have to save money on them. Yeah, and he's only had like one sack a season. Oh, so. gosh, he's not good at all. Yeah, at all. and he was a 20th overall pick right before Justin Jefferson. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you have to cut him just to pretend like he didn't exist. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I think even some of the Chiefs hometown heroes I can vaguely remember were better than that. That that draft was so painful, not to get off topic too much, but I wanted Tristan Wirfs and Justin Jefferson in that draft. And both of those players are like elite <laughs> at their positions. And they're like, oh, here's CJ Henderson and Caleb Von Chason. Can you imagine Th- those Trevor are my Lawrence guys. throwing the Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley? <laughs> oh, and Christian Kirk. And T. Higgins when we Christian for Kirk is the third option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number yeah. one receiver, like Christian Kirk. At past drafts. The Chiefs usually do pretty well. But there's, of course, always people that, that you miss. The yeah. Chiefs actually, way back in the, I think it would have been the 80s, were the team that drafted right, bo- or right before and chose not to get uh, Jerry Rice. Oh, boy. They chose to bust. Right before him, so yeah. hey, we chose Fournette over Mahomes. That's that was also fair. Mahomes, yeah, but like we got Lawrence him. now. We're good. I remember Mahomes made an angry video once talking about all the people who picked above him, and he'd mentioned Fournette. He's got no, point uh, there. I don't blame him. Yeah, but hey, that's he's a different about the quarterbacks, of course, because yeah. Mitchell Trubisky being taken is just an offense. After a trade up, by the way. <laughs> i'm sorry but yeah save money off the hometown <laughs> yeah hero. yeah um now fun fun topic here and then we'll get into guys to resign so cam robinson he's currently injured might be out part of next year his trade value would probably be like a third rounder and he is a big cap hit this year 
So he's 22 million the next two years. And he has this year 10 million in dead cap, next year 5 million. And that's from the signing bonus he originally signed because he did a $15 million bonus over three years. You would save 12 million? You would save 12 million trading him. And you would get um, a draft pick out of it and you would have Walker Little start, but you wouldn't have a swing tackle anymore because Walker Little is starting. And Cam Robinson's also a guy that wants to stay in Jacksonville. It's like really good part of the team. But Walker Little arguably played better than him. You can free up cap space to bring back all of your free agents if you cut like Shaquille Griffin and Roy Robertson Harris. So that's one that's like kind of sneaky to me because the way they structured the deal when they signed it, they gave themselves the opportunity to trade him. Like it's still on the table, and I I think a team would consider it because they're only gonna pay him twelve million in cap this year, and that's twenty two million with a big hit. Yeah, the players that teams that that swear that they really want to stay in this team and they're a big part of it. I think it comes to a point where okay, are you willing to take less money to do that? And there's players that have done that, like Frank Clark for the Chiefs, but. That that is a lot of money you can make up, and a player, and ten million is a lot of dead cap. But if 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 the Jaguars think that that's the the best option to really save money, then that's probably what they're going to have to do. Because if they do that and Shaquille Griffin, that is a big chunk of the money gone. If they do that, they can make moves in free agency, straight up. They would have to restructure still, but like they could make some moves, and it, it's a move that I would do it. Hundred percent, and what I would explore specifically, if I was the uh, general manager, which this would never happen, but something I like to think about: if T. Higgins is legit being traded, if that actually goes down, which I don't think it will, but if it does, I would offer Cam Robinson and then throw in like a second or third round pick, because I don't think you're giving up a first if you're throwing in Robinson. And the Bengals need a left tackle. So it's it's a trade that like actually makes sense. The Jaguars would still save cap space. And even the first year of T. Higgins' contract, they would save cap space. Because there's $22 million vacated by Cam Robinson that season that he would have been signed for. And then T. Higgins would be like, well, I mean, I, I think he's going to go for about $22.5 million a year. So you backload that. You're still saving money that year. I crazy. I, I wouldn't if that happened. I wouldn't call it a bad trade, but I really don't think you guys are going to need offensive threats, at least not wide receiver. And of course, it w- would not hurt at all. But I think you're actually going to be fine at wide receiver. So if if it's on the table, I would probably take it. But I don't think it's a, it's going to be a terrible thing if that doesn't happen. I agree. And, and I think other teams are going to want him more. I think the Giants are going to really want him. Someone will probably offer more. And I don't think you want to get into a bidding war, but it's something that's tempting because T. Higgins did play with Lawrence in college. And he was yeah, his if there's best any receiver. connection with that. Like, like it makes choose. a ton of sense to go and get him. It, it, it's a trade that legit makes sense, but it's just something I don't think is going to happen because of how crazy it is. And I don't even think they're going to move on from Cam Robinson. I think he's going to stick Dude, around. I What would you keep, if you were the general manager, what would you keep Cam Robinson for if he said he could take a pay cut? Like, at what point would you say, okay, yeah, we'll keep you? 
I would well, he's paid seventeen million a year right now, and they've backloaded ten million. That's why it's at twenty two million these years. His value a season, uh thirteen or fourteen. So he would take probably six to eight million off of what he's owed. So you would go to about eighteen million a year. Do you think he would take a pay cut? No. Okay. It's a year after being re-signed. I think it's a lot more tempting to players take pay cuts when you like almost got to the Super Bowl and you're just right in the very edge, one play away. And the Jaguars were close to getting the championship game. If that had been the championship game, I think you'd have more players willing to take it. But like with the Chiefs, they didn't get any pay cuts until they lost that championship game where they showed that they really could go. So yeah. I think, yeah, there's not as much incentive to take a pay cut yet with the Jaguars. I hope he does take a pay cut. I just I don't think it'll happen. So that's one thing to throw out there. It's probably not going to take place, but a Cam Robinson trade actually does make a lot of sense for this team because you're putting in a third-year player in Walker Little that has a higher ceiling that arguably played better. You have the money to re-sign Juwan Taylor this year like it's a really good trade from the standpoint where the jaguars are as long as you don't suffer like terrible injuries at tackle and i still think anyway you know go after a player in the draft early on that can play a tackle if needed get your swing tackle even if it's a guy who plays a guard at the at first or get a cheap backup in free agency that you think come in in a pinch you can resolve that issue so now we can look through some of these free agents and then we'll talk about the chiefs. So first one is Jawan Taylor. The story with Taylor is essentially this fantastic pass blocker did a crazy good job last year, but as a run blocker, he's taken a big step back. And that's a story for a lot of the offensive line here. Really good at pass blocking. The run blocking is subpar. And Taylor has the ability to be better as a run blocker, but I'm not too sold on paying him $15 million a year if he's not going to be better in that category. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of money. And I, I do think that if the Jaguars, especially since I think there's one of these free agents that are going to 100% keep, I think that you gotta, you're got you not bringing him back. Yeah, he... I wouldn't bring him back at least. I would bring him back if you were able to trade Cam, for sure, because he did a really good job at right tackle. But one of these guys has to go. and um, So, yeah, just it's, it's just a little too much money for me if he's not going to be two-dimensional, if he's not going to be good at run blocking and pass blocking. And he was, like, kind of crazy bad at run blocking. Like, I think the stat was he had the most negatively graded run blocks in the entire NFL at tackle from PFF's grading, which PFF just didn't grade the Jaguars well, and they graded them way too low on run blocking, but that's still really bad if you were dead last out of every tackle. You need run blocking on that team. That's, that's why so I, that's my big part thing. of the team. Yeah, yeah. You need run blocking. Uh, like for me, I think, like the thing that needs to be improved the most is the pass rush, but I think that's more so in-house improvement. Like your players just need to be better. The place I would improve the most from 
outside of the building is the run blocking. That That's where I'm at. It's probably not something that a ton of people are going to agree on, but that's where I think the team really needs to add in players because you have a fantastic running back, and I think this team needs to be two-dimensional going forward. I don't like the whole Lawrence is going to throw 40 times a game thing. I don't think that needs to be what they do every week. Yeah, if you got a running back that early, you need to really utilize him, yeah. which means you got to spend money on run blocking. Like, could you imagine if ETN was a big factor against you guys in either of those games? How much no, no, different I kind of liked been? him not doing anything. He, we couldn't run the ball because was like the interior was that was talked was about as like enough. one of the biggest weaknesses against the Chiefs. It was like, oh, the the run games are going to eat him up both times, and both times it did nothing. Same with the pass rush. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what was up with the pass rush. That's why I think they need to play at home against you guys. I think that'll help a little bit to have the fans on their side. Not that they were awful on the road, but there was some magic at home. Like, you could see that team, like, just kind of come alive with the fans. I think it'll be the same thing next year. So, Evan Ingram. uh, He's a must keep for me, even if he's at the high end of this or even a little over, but he's probably around nine to 12 million a year. I just don't yeah. see any way he that's, goes anywhere else. That's the, the only Jaguars free agent that I think is actually a must. That's the only one I think has to be brought back because you guys like fixed him. <laughs> he was, yeah. he was the easiest tight end to joke about in the entire league. And he was actually effective. had a monster game too. Yeah, that, that's that's the free agent that is coming back. You you might as well just mark that money off as money you're going to be losing. I, that's exactly how I feel. Like I, in all of my like videos or breakdowns or articles, like I basically consider it to where like Evan Ingram is on this team. Uh, it's very hard for me to imagine him walking, even with the like New York comments from last week about him saying I love New York and liking a tweet about someone wanting him to come back. That was on the team before. Like, I'm not <laughs> gonna leaves. buy that <laughs> after this. Gets year. his career fixed, bails instantly. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that maybe we're reading into that too much. I'm gonna hope at least, right? Like, unless Doug Peterson gave him a bad look on like the, the final press day. I don't think. I just think that they can't teach receivers there, in, in New York. You you saw in something the Super wrong. Bowl what freaking Tony did. There's something wrong there with their receiving coach or their tight end coach or just any that, of that's their more so what and what, uh, running. That's more like what Doug Peterson's play calling did. To be fair, and what like sending your entire like special teams to one side of the field does. I'm I'm starting no, to think no that offense. the uh, that the Giants should stop <laughs> sending. Uh, all of their players away, especially wide receivers. Yeah, it's not. It's not Beckham going well. Didn't go very well uh, for them. They probably should have kept them, but hey, they kept Eli Manning instead. So I hope they feel good. But don't about worry. That. They have. Uh, who was the wide receiver that caused first touchdown pass? Uh, they was given the huge contract that they have. The the gosh, biggest laughing stock. Ah oh, man. Oh oh um, Kenny Galladay. Okay, yep. The biggest laughing stock of a contract of any wide receiver. Just awful. Yeah, yeah they, that's they, uh, the worst. They've got a bad record with wide receivers and 
even tight ends at this point for the last like 10 years. Yeah, you got that one on one end of the spectrum, and then you got Christian Kirk on the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heck of a contract. I can't wait to talk about Juju Smith's contract, but or sorry, Smith Schuster's contract, by the way, because we're going to get into that at one point. That's going to hurt when we get there, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun. Uh, we got two pass rushers as well to talk about. Dewan Smoot, Arden Key. Dewan Smoot's been a, a homegrown name, done pretty well over here, getting about five sacks. He did tear his Achilles, though, and he might be out part of the year. So I think realistically they bring him back on like a $3 million deal and he plays for part of the season on a prove-it deal. And then if he's good, then they bring him back again. Or he yeah, gets a good a, contract somewhere else. Hopefully I after a Super Bowl a, win. I'd give him a contract with a bunch of incentives. That's what you guys need to do. Yeah. Give him the bare minimum and then lots of if you play X number of games or if you get X number of sacks. That so, would yeah, be really nice to do. And Arden Key is someone I would like to keep too because he really came on late in the year. I think he can be a really good pass rusher. And he only signed for like $4 million a year, I think. And technically oh, his sack production went down. So I think you can leverage it to keep it around that value, even though you know, know he's a name. better player. That's the, that's the evil man yeah. who hurt Mahomes. That's yeah. big meaty. Oh, Taylor Mahomes looked better once he got hurt. So maybe that's actually a secret weapon. I think there's a conspiracy theory that Mahomes wasn't hurt after he outran the defense with a high was, ankle sprain. He was, I, he's Trevor Lawrence. No he's got way. the rubber bones. It's not that's real. Screaming on the sideline. It's fake, man. Fake. <laughs> fake. Was, fake. There's no way. He, you've seen his commercials. You know he's not a good enough actor to be able to pull that off. Yes, he that's is. He's screaming. fantastic on the commercials. No, that, that's screaming <laughs> on the sideline. You could just I could feel the pain through the TV. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, I legit was, thought that he was, was like done for like a year. I thought I you guys might people. lose. And then like, when yeah, he was up. When he I was like okay after that, yeah, I don't want to remind you. By the way, I had more faith in your team winning that game than you did. Oh yeah, at one so point, my dad, 100%. you, and my dad, were the I told the whole people. room. I, I was like, "They're gonna win." Him... What are you crying about? Like, and what do you I think to see is Mahomes going on? Come back. Whenever I saw him make that face and then like hug his like co- like his uh, one of his coaches, just put his head on him and scream. It's like, oh gosh. <laughs> but then, then of course, he comes back the next drive and looks like he's not even hurt. But yeah, yeah. For, well, for that short moment, I was very worried. Yeah, I was worried for 0.5 seconds, and I was like, no, they're going to win. This is but the no, Mahomes ankle game. was actually like the most successful pass rusher against Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. So I would bring him back. He he needs to come back. I think he's a really good option to bring here. Now, Marvin Jones, even it, like, if he wants to take a pay cut below the value we have here, four to six million, I would consider it. Like, if he says, hey, I want to stick around and go win a Super Bowl, for sure. But if he wants to not do that, he needs to go to another team and start because he's a starter on another NFL team. He was the number one receiver last year. But there are three receivers on this team now who are going to be getting starting reps over him. And I just think it's either you stick around and try to win a Super Bowl or you go to, like, the Chicago Bears as a starting receiver or the Atlanta Fal- actually not the Atlanta Falcons because they have good <laughs> receivers now. Um, the gosh, I don't know. Giants, the Gi- Giants. Exactly. You could go to the Giants. That would be weird, but let them ruin you and barely play. They you can't ruin Marvin trade Jones. You, trade Marvin you away Jones for is nothing. elite. 
That dude's but, like contested catchability is just stupid good. Unless he takes a cut or gets incentives, I think that's a that's a lot of money to someone who's going to be a back pat or a low, uh, like a fourth string receiver, I guess. Yeah, and there's a uh, sneaky, sneaky draft replacement for him that is not only local to Jacksonville but also plays the game the exact same way as him that would make a ton of sense for them. So like, I think they're going to pick him up at receiver. It's Xavier Hutchinson, but that's what I would do. Like I would draft a young receiver instead, get one in the middle rounds, ideally day two and just develop someone behind. That's what the chiefs did with sky Moore. Yeah. And I mean, sky Moore obviously got touched down. He looked better as the year went on. So that's what I would do. Skymore was fine. He made just enough plays where we needed him to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he becomes anything or not. He, there's, we'll I don't see. think he's. We don't know yeah, anything. I think, I think he'll become a good target. Year. Yeah, he'll become a yeah. solid target. I just don't think he's never going to be the the leading receiver. Yeah. All right, last guy here, and we'll talk all Chiefs after that. Andrew Wingard. No conversation. He made up the it was always the Jag slogan. You can't get rid of him or else you're going to be like sued because you trademarked his slogan. And if he's not on this team, yeah, he's going to sue him. So he's got to stick around. No way they can get rid of him. If he's two or three million, that's just a keep. Yeah, he just a good backup that's going to make plays, get an interception. Like, yeah, keep him. Uh, you can make an argument he could start, honestly. Yeah, Not a, that he's a he's, great starter, but like he's that's a fantastic. Type player. Yeah, exactly. So he's got to stick around. So that's really all the guys in Jacksonville. And then, you know, later on, like as we get into the offseason and do more of these, we'll get into free agency as far as the guys who are from other teams. But now we're going to go ahead and talk about the Chiefs a little bit. And this will be more focused on really notable free agents because there are only two guys I think they could consider cutting. And so we'll actually have a really fun conversation about the first guy, Frank Clark. Five sacks on the year. And then after that, two and a half in the playoffs, both came against the Jaguars and Bengals. He has a $28.7 million cap hit. And you could save twenty one million of it cutting him. It, I, I'm so conflicted because he's taken pay cuts every year to stay with the Chiefs. But at this point, and I'm assuming this is from a lot of pushing the money back. Also, <laughs> yeah, that it could just be a pay cut. I, I know. I love him in the playoffs. Every playoffs, he proves where we have him. He was the closest to actually sacking Hurts this whole the whole game. And you can just tell he puts so much effort in the playoffs. But he doesn't, I don't know if he just doesn't do that in the regular season. Or if he just like, he, his brain's only wired for like the biggest of moments. But it's a lot of money. And I think this is finally the year where they don't push the money back. They don't try to get him to take cuts. Unless he takes a, a big cut. I, I think this is finally the year where the Chiefs actually do let go of him. They've been talking about it for the last two years, actually. Yeah, but this might be the year because just because that instantly solves literally everything. If they he... can bring back other play, they can bring back pretty much every player they want with little or some restructuring, and it could be all done. I, sure. I think that I do. I, I want to keep him. Everyone can't say loves Frank Clark. 
And he's such a huge bonus for the playoffs. But he's going to have to take a big pay cut or push a lot of money back for him to stay, I think. My, it's just so obvious that that's the, the big answer. My problem with like keeping him is that, to me, he's like so similar to Dewan Smoot. And Dewan Smoot gets paid four to five million a year, and yeah, that's like not, his value. Now, he's Dewan not known Smoot, as playoff Smoot, though, because he's only been in the playoffs for oh yeah zero games because he was hurt this season. He might have played in twenty seventeen, actually. I if, don't remember, but like he he had he would have had more stock was, production than Frank Clark really in the regular season. We could make an entire. Uh, deal with him where it's just all incentive based. He gets zero bucks just to start yeah. the season. It's got to be better. Minimum, whatever, the bare, whatever the bare minimum is, yeah. Yeah. And then it's just million, every, every sack is like a million. <laughs> yeah. And then like for a certain like a certain percentage of quarterback pressures gets some more money. And then like the playoffs is where he gets all of his money from. I really wish we could do something like that. But it's just not going to work out that way. It's just it feels very obvious that he's not going to be here. Unless it's a big cut. Yeah. And I would love to keep him. If they do keep him, I'm not going to complain. Because that means they're going to obviously find more ways to get money. The Chiefs are really good at making money out of thin air, apparently. Uh, any team can do that as long as the owner's got money. So. And the Chiefs have a lot more money also now that we have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there's <laughs> all these sales coming through this last week. I wonder where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's only staying. other guy yeah he staying. i agree like well, they they fixed him million, also. sure like he'll they play better him. next year and did he get like 600 700 yards he had really solid season especially when you look at what he did at the packers yeah i mean he's not a he's a stay... deep ball threat he's tall yeah he, he gives even if he's because he had a lot of drops there's lots of plays where he was open and he dropped the ball but just knowing that he has the speed to get downfield Instantly pushes their safeties farther back, which means Travis Kelsey is going to be wide open. It's one of the reasons why he's just always running wide open. It's because without because teams thought without Tyree Kill, they weren't going to have to worry about the speed. So that's why the Chiefs went and got him. Well, it's not because he's an elite receiver, because he's fast. And that, that scares defenses. So, yeah, yeah, he's staying. He is your Zay Jones. Like, pretty much flat out. Because... I don't know what he was paid last year, but he's probably around eight to nine million a year, right? Yeah, that's what Zay gets paid eight million a year. They're deep threats. They they extend the field, and they both had roughly the same production. Although I think Zay had like a hundred to two hundred more yards. They're literally the same player. Like you keep him around, he's a starter for your team, someone you can rely on. Juju Smith-Schuster's the air guy, and I think he developed Kadarius Tony. Is is Smith? Sorry, Smith Schuster is he slot? Yeah, he's uh, okay. He does almost exact same routes that Travis Kelsey does. That's what he specializes in. You play Tony outside. Oh yeah, Kadarius Tony's the he's all he on the sideline the whole time. But I mean, you don't always have to have the size like like Darius Williams. He's got the moves. Way undersized. I, I've never seen another player injure himself by well, he's six so hard. He's fine. Tony minimum. quite literally juked himself into an injury. I, I don't. Did. I didn't know that was possible. He's so elusive and so quick at the juke move that he hurts himself. <laughs> yeah. I just, why did the Giants? It doesn't even have anything to do with this. But why did the Giants give us him? Why would they? 
It's like Elijah Moore, but he's the other New York team. That's what it is. Elijah Moore is the same thing. The team doesn't use him, and he just sits there rotting away until you he think goes some somewhere other else. team would just grabbed him just to stop us from getting him. <laughs> no, well, if Urban Meyer was still here, he would have got him hundred percent because that's who he wanted to draft. You remember but, that? He yeah. wanted him at twenty five. Yeah, I remember. He's he on to something, that dude. That draft was like a masterclass performance. Just the only sucks thing he, he didn't know how to apparently. do anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I would keep. Uh, I mean, that's a great three players. I still think yeah. you should keep McCole Hardman. We'll talk about that later, though. So, notable free agents. First name on this list. A lot of money involved here. Orlando Brown. Left and this tackle. does go into recent reports with the Chiefs that said that they are not confirmed, but very intent on keeping Juju and tagging Brown. That's what the Chiefs said that. Well, that's what reports about the Chiefs are saying that they're talking about right now. I'll tell you and, exactly how that goes right right off the bat. You tag Brown and you trade him for a second rounder when he declines to play and he signs a long-term deal <laughs> somewhere else. I would love that. That would be fantastic. I, and yeah. Brown did step up in the playoffs. He was really good. He wasn't just like average. He was kind of working almost as good as the, as the interior of the line. He played better in the big moments. And so with how he start, how he got better through the season, how he performed in the playoffs, I wouldn't be as upset if we kept him as I would have been earlier in the season, my earlier attitude towards him. You said get rid of but him. I know. I know I did. But That's he fine. really did. He played a lot better in the playoffs. If he – he's going to have to take less, though. I, I still think that for what the average pay and what he's going to want and how he reacted last year even – He's going to want money. And I just don't think you, and he, I'm so conflicted because he's a big part of the team. The players love him. He's a great atmosphere around the team, but the chiefs are going to need a little bit of money. And especially if you got rid of him, you could actually consider Clark keeping him. If you get but, him for half his value. Yeah. I, I think you got to get him down to like 14 million and then you can justify it. But I'm in between on Brown now. Either way, I think I'm happy because I do think the Chiefs can go and with that, if they got rid of him, they have the opportunity to go and find another left tackle who can at least fill in it just as good. If I was you guys, I would I would sign oh man, I wouldn't sign back Orlando Brown. I would bring back Wiley, which was the next guy we'll talk about, three to four million. And I would have yeah. Wiley as your swing tackle. Because he's so much cheaper, and then you get a guy in free agency, ideally, that like you think you can have play better there, and then you draft whoever is the best guy available at thirty. Yeah, because there's going to be some good names there. If if I'm going with that, if I'm getting rid of Brown, that I think the Chiefs with they have a decent amount of draft capital. I think they got to move up and get uh, Dewan Jones then. And they might not even have to. And that sounds there's so many good tackles. That sounds and the Chiefs I trust the drafting ability too. Only problem is that Dewan Jones played right tackle. Yeah, that's Wiley plays right tackle. If you can get Wiley to go to the left or the Chiefs have a decent amount of uh of uh, depth now. I don't know. that's a good point though, because I don't actually know who can play left because whenever Brown got hurt. I think it was early this season, or maybe it was even the season before. 
don't remember what, but he got hurt one season just for like a game or two. I mean, yeah. It was just one game. And they took Tooney over to that. They moved That's the guard right. with short, tiny arms over to the tackle, which makes me think they don't actually have someone who can do left tackle. Yeah. So what I would actually do in the first round, if I'm you guys, so Dewan Jones, fantastic prospect, would be great to get, right? There's another name, though, that makes a lot more sense, I think, for the Chiefs as far as if they if they keep Orlando Brown, then yeah, Dewan Jones. But if they keep Wiley, I would get Anton Harrison because Anton Harrison should be available then. He has like there's people who talk about him being like Trent Williams in the way he plays like ton of potential in him. And I think that's exactly one of those players that like the chiefs just steal at the end of the first round and then get a franchise left tackle. That's what I would do. I like either of those paths. I think it is kind of obvious that the chiefs are going to cut one of them. Wiley or Brown will be gone. Trade or if Wiley's Brown. still that cheap, they could keep him yeah. on the team as backup. Regardless, I mean, they do already yeah. have a lot of, backup but yeah he's gonna be cheapish someone did mention though that he might actually with how he performed late in the year and in the postseason he might take a little bit more actually and he, if he thinks that he can go somewhere more. and make more money he was at two and a half million i i put him at three to four which I, I, it might be like five on what he's going to be asking for but yeah i'd pay him but i would six. like to keep him because he actually he also did a lot better in the playoffs too and he's not bad. I, I mentioned that earlier, but Brown and Wiley both aren't bad. He's young. They're actually, they've actually got looked at. Uh, they look at people regard them as worse than they actually are, especially yeah. with how they improved through the season. He's but a I legit would like young player to keep Wiley. Yeah, I agree. I think you keep Wiley. I would move on from Brown. I would draft Anton Harrison or get someone like that. Maybe sign someone in free agency that you think is kind of a steal, and draft someone later even if you can because you've got a lot of picks get someone you can develop later in the draft that would make sense um next guy Juan Thornhill looking at probably 9 to 11 million I think the Chiefs have to keep him just based on their depth yeah you're gonna make your secondary younger yeah but (laughs) And I really like Juan Thornhill, but he had an off year this year. It was not as good as it should have been. But he was coming off of the injury last year. He was hurt two years ago. So maybe he was dealing with stuff still. But his year was worse this year than it should have been. But I think you kind of have to keep him just because there's no one else. Unless the Chiefs think there's a safety they see somewhere else they're going to go get. But I think Juan Thornhill likes it here, and I think the team really likes Juan Thornhill. And I like Juan Thornhill. He has he has big moments in games usually one or two plays you're like oh yeah and I don't think he did as bad as people think this year. PFF you... has him with his most well-rounded season and one of his best grades this year. It's his second best season overall, but it's the most well-rounded. Then that's, then that's Chiefs be Chiefs fans being uh, pessimistic as usual then, because most of them are talking about the whole season about how he wasn't doing as good. But I kind of noticed I was just about to mention that that he actually. You didn't hear his name a whole lot. And I think maybe people assume that when they don't hear a defensive player's name a whole lot, that they're doing bad. Like, oh, why why don't I hear them making plays? 
But when you usually don't hear a defensive player's name, that's a good thing as long as it's in the secondary. Because that means that he's covering his guy and he's not getting thrown to because he's doing good enough on the coverage. So I think you got to bring back Warren Thornhill just because you need the someone that's been here for that long. And he's and he's not bad. Yeah, I would keep him. I agree. Like, you developed him. You drafted him. He's a good player. You keep him around. Just as long as you don't and he, pay him And he likes being money. on the team, too. Yeah, it's an obvious choice, and you already have a young secondary. You got to keep that around. Now we get to talk about the fun guy on here, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's who's just 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 staying. There's just not even conversation on him not being here. Just so like whatever Edward. he's going to yeah. take is being taken. I think though that with his attitude and how he plays here, that he's going to actually take less than what's projected. You think he's going to be less than 14 to 17 million? He saved money to stay on the Steelers. I think he's actually going to take less. He saved less to prove it, to be fair. I think he'll take 12 million. That's my projection. If he takes 12 million, that's ridiculous. I, li- so I really do. Here's or at my least issue with why a backloaded contract that. or something. Yeah, it's backloaded for sure. Like you're you're going to do that right off the bat, but maybe incentives too. It's yeah, and that's what Christian Kirk's is. But like Christian Kirk's base pay, which he performed to, I think arguably outperformed this year from what people expected because he got 1,100 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster was only about 150 yards behind him. Actually, the exact number, he was 175 behind him on the season, and that's with one less game. So Juju Smith-Schuster's I- like, Right behind Christian Kirk, and Kirk makes eighteen million a year, and the so, wide receiver market kept with that trend. Maybe this is going to come back and bite me whenever he takes like twenty million. No, but no, 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 no. I think you're. Uh, I, I think you might be coping a little bit with the Kirk contract. I don't like the word coping. <laughs> At all. You might want to explain what you're saying. I think Schuster is going to take less, and I think that you don't want him to take less because it means that the Chiefs have a receiver who's almost on the same tier. And that sounds mean. I'm not trying to sound mean, though, but I, I still regard Kirk as overpaid just a little bit. I don't agree with that at all. Kirk was supposed to go I for 15 to 16 million before the Jaguars offered him that. They offered him two million more a year, roughly. That that's what he went for. Now, like DK Metcalf, let's look at like his stats. For example, nine hundred, thirteen hundred, nine hundred, a thousand, and he just signed a new contract last year. So the number is a little bit better, right? Kind of the same as Christian Kirk. And, and we're talking about like what they expect to be Kirk be, sorry, expected Kirk to be, compared to. Uh, what like DK Mac Metcalf is now Metcalf, his average per year is twenty four million. Yeah, but at that six I million more. I do regard Metcalf as a tier above both of these guys, both Kirk and Juju. You can say that, sure, but like just seeing still, him in person like, was insane. I was like, Christian oh my Kirk gosh, this guy's outperformed a him this year. And he's getting paid eighteen million a year. I just don't. I think if like Smith Schuster took twelve million a year, that is absolutely a team friendly deal. Like yeah, that's gonna, very that's much in that. Be. He he's really far into that 
territory. He I should be getting like 15, 16 million a year. At least this year. I don't think million, he's going to take a lot. That might be a little bit. He had a lot of incentives on this contract, too. And he got almost all the incentives, too. So I think that he's going to see that and think, I'll just do that again. I think it's going to be a lot of incentive-based stuff and uh, backloaded. I do. I think he's going to be less than people think. Yeah, we'll see what he gets paid. But my guess right now, like, official guess that's being recorded would be $15 million a year. And I'm going to stick with twelve. Okay. And he'll get that's paid also- 13.5. I said that you were coping, but it's also me being highly optimistic. I do, yeah, I do not like that uh, attack on me. I feel like I'm being very fair. I, well, I'm still mad about the Kirk because you guys you lost your number one receiver. Took Tyreek. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you not have a better receiving core because of it? That somehow, yeah, the Chiefs are just magically better now without a star receiver. But yeah. So I guess I shouldn't be complaining. But Juju's the team, your star. The team actually got better. Yeah. Which was because, this is just also a little bit off topic, but it's because of the fact that Mahomes had to actually adapt to a new team. Tyreek Hill actually made the Chiefs have to actually plan out more plays and be able to take, like, the the dump-off play to McKinnon most, or more often. It actually made the team play smarter, not having Tyreek Hill. I think really, like, the best thing you guys could have done is just like kept him and then got your same weapons around him. Like just no, that'd be had insane. Him the Chiefs there. would have like, had even more yards do, than they got everyone else with. You, it, yeah. you didn't do a ton with your other receivers when he was there. Like it was McCole Hardman who was like all this potential, and then who was the other guy? Like there was like Demarcus Robinson at one Sammy point. Sammy Watkins, and DeMarcus Sammy Robinson. Watkins, yeah. You didn't do anything with the air positions. See, I, mean, I think that's the huge difference the between that year. every day. Yeah, exactly. So I think it really just came down to like you built an entire receiving core, whereas before it was just, okay, we got Tyreek Hill. Have yeah, fun. We didn't need anyone else. But I think having other people actually help Mahomes learn a lot. I think this was actually a really important year for Mahomes. They built a smart receiver room, like a lot of different and ways that you could McKinnon could being awesome too. Yeah. Which is why I want a receiving running back this offseason. But now uh, we'll, we've got three more guys we'll go over and then we'll wrap this up. So Carlos Dunlap, I know this he's is a yes back. from you. As long as he's not retiring or something done, which I think he almost guaranteed he's going to play again. I he will needs tell to you something. Back. He was really good. Okay, but here's an interesting fact for you. His last three years, he had five sacks, 8.5 sacks, and four sacks. He actually had less than half of his sacks from Look the previous season. With at his guys. deflected passes, though, almost every single game, once or twice, it was so impactful. You could I, Did I he have that many. He had a lot. You should. I'm pretty sure he led the league at one point. He had eight passes defense. He had seven the year before. Yeah, there you go. He's improved. <laughs> he improved by one deflected but pass, but lost four and a half. I think had to watch the Chiefs. I think almost every Chiefs fan would agree with me on this. I'm just he saying had... that he like wasn't yes, really wasn't necessarily better from his years but before. He's watching still fine, the game but... is how you could tell him how impactful he was. The, for how old he is, the pressures he was getting and getting the quarterback and getting up in his face and jumping up and batting the ball down, it. That that was such a good move, and I think almost every Chiefs fan would agree with me. You got to keep him as long as he's going to not retire and keep playing. 
If he's three million a year, yeah, keep him. Absolutely. Now, was... yeah, uh, you can go on. Okay, um, Nicole Hardman, probably six to nine million next year. It could be a very different number with the injury and the uncertainty, but that's where I've got him at. I think you guys should keep him on a one-year deal. Give him an air shot with that team. Because I think you'll have the money to do it, especially if you're smart and cut Frank Clark's contract down or release him and move on from Orlando Brown and get a pick out of him. The Chiefs, the Chiefs' two biggest money savers are exactly the same. I just realized that. It's just the same as last year. It's the exact yeah. same situation. But with McColl, and I really like McColl Hardman, I think that Tyreek Hill is actually taking the potential away from him since because we we knew why throw in McCool Hardman when there's someone better who's doing the same thing. So I think that he does have that potential still. And I, I would almost want to see him go to another team just to see him be good so that Which he can is, actually realize it. Yeah. Because I really want him to do good. And if the Chiefs have the money, I would 100% want to bring him back. But I, I, I felt like the Chiefs were going to move on from him, especially with adding... Uh, I think it's Ross from the uh, Bengals. Add a receiver from the Bengals, and they have the they have Justin come back. Yeah, Justin Ross. That's that he, you got to keep in mind. Kadarius isn't even going to see the field because Justin Ross is going to be on the field. For you guys. <laughs> with, with two more, <laughs> what was the Bengals guy's name? Um, John Ross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And I don't think he's going to be a number two receiver. He's not going to but... do anything on your team. He'll have like one big play randomly in training camp, and that'll be it. Why are we a, talking yeah. about John we'll Ross? Preseason game. He's going to be. He's going to be electric in that preseason game. Oh yeah, yeah. Quarter. Just like Jeff Cotton every year. Man, there he's a, great. Oh, <laughs> lost to time is the tight end's name that I went and saw in the Packers preseason game this year. I, there's no way to ever remember it. But we had a random, like, fourth-string tight end who just had a monster game and then, like, tore his Achilles in the fourth oh. quarter. It was awful. And, I, and, and it, I'm sad that I don't remember his name because it made that, that preseason game so fun to watch because you just see this random tight end who I'd never heard of before, not even in the pregame show I was listening to on the way down, just have this insane, like, 120-yard receiving game or something, two touchdowns. He's just mossing people. <laughs> We're like, yeah, this is going to be our next tight end. This is it. And he just hurt himself right away. Yeah. And I, I, He's got no what, guarantees from the team. That's what Ross is going to be, though. Ross has, like, spinal injury, though. Like, it's okay. not good. Like, I, there was talk about him not even being, like, like, told he can play football by doctors. But then he came back and he had another big year. And he is he just had uh, important No, surgery. this was like after. Okay, okay, I did look up the tight end from the Chiefs because he deserves to be said. Matt Bushman. Matt Bushman. Monster game. That's our number Name... two next year. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Ingram, Matt Bushman. Three targets, <laughs> three receptions, 73 yards, two touchdowns. Monster performance. What a guy. But... But <laughs> off target, uh, uh, off uh, topic a little bit. But yeah, I would like to keep Hardman. 
if, if the Chiefs have the money, I think it's a no-brainer. As long, but at the same time, I wouldn't be mad if he left because I think that'd be a shot for him to really prove himself. Yeah, because I think he's gonna almost be a backburner guy again this year. Then, because Tony's shining, Schuster and MVS are good, and of course Justin Ross is gonna be a monster. So, oh, of course, yeah. Until we trade a sixth rounder for him, that's conditional and get him back. <laughs> <laughs> we should have taken him in the sixth round anyway. But no, but yeah, that's... Gregory Jr. or Monteric Brown or whoever it was. He pardoned if the money's there. That's yeah, he, he's very similar. And I love my references to the Jaguars all the time, but it's the same thing as Marvin Jones. Like he's not going to start on your team, but he's a really nice like depth piece. Maybe he has the upside to start. Maybe he needs to come in in a pinch, but he would be better off going to another team, getting more money and being a starter there. So we got uh, one last guy that you're definitely going to keep. Oh, Jarek yeah. McKinnon. I love, I mean, I was, we didn't have shows during last off season, but if there was, I would have been saying his name every episode. I was, I was telling my, I was bugging my parents all off season because he was a free agent last year. I was like, please bring him back. And then it just like, it went through the draft and he wasn't even on team yet. I was like, oh man, we're just going to let him go. It sucks. And then we bring him back all of a sudden. And I, and I said in the off season, that was the most important move the chiefs made. And it was a hundred percent correct. Now, he didn't do a single thing in the playoffs for some reason. Just disappeared <laughs> completely. I think you but just discredited season, your uh, most important move. Thing. No, no, no. No, it was important because he literally led receiving in one game. He was yeah. so good in the regular season. He was really I mean, he good, was named but... like the most impactful person for December and January. And the entire freaking uh, AFC. <laughs> he won like offensive player of the month or something. Yeah. Right? And it was for like a month and a half to get play too. Cause there's the extra games of January. So yeah, yeah, he was so important. And if he takes five, seven million, you're keeping him. I, it, so it, it's such his... a good, just uh, like backup option for Mahomes, where a play breaks down, having a yeah. dude that fast with that good at catching ability as a running back. He's staying. It is his most impactful part is his blocking. He is a monster at blocking. I don't even know really? he led the combine. Yeah. Okay. He is well, really good if he hits free agency, that's our man right there. Yeah, no, you guys would. That's kill exactly for him. what he is we need. We need the receiving guy and a blocking guy. So, so it's it's either like McKinnon or Samaje Perrine. The Chiefs would legitimately we just called him third down back. That was literally just what he was. Because if it became a passing down, you have him and he would chop block some dude would legally chop block the block inside the numbers or whatever. Uh, he'd, he'd block whoever like the unblocked guy was or someone gets past the line. He takes him out and then he runs out of screen and if Mahomes got too much pressure, he just chuck it down to him. And it was such a good option. And he, a uh, little known fact about him, he actually is the, is the uh, bench press record holder for running backs. He doesn't even look like it either. He's, huh. he's kind of a tiny running back. Yeah, but, and so yeah, no, he's staying. If you can't tell, I'm very your fan, <laughs> pro possibly. keeping McKinnon. Yeah, and I I'm so torn on the jersey now because I said every time the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, I have to get the obscure running backs jersey, and he is the obscure running back. But Pacheco did so good that I think I got to get Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco was a huge part of that game. You got to get him. You got to get I, both. I, I, very no, I'm not <laughs> spending three hundred dollars on random running backs. Don't worry, I'll get my Jamichael Hasty shirt next year. But 
Yeah, we're keeping him. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so upset. There's gonna be a rant at some point if we don't. So. Okay, that's fine. We'll allow you to rant. Um, <laughs> the history with him as well, just so you know, he signed a four year contract with the 49ers before, and it was and thirty million <laughs> over four years. They're still mad. The 49ers fans legit get mad every time he has a good game. They like oh, go yeah. onto our page. It's like Giants rant. fans like talking about anger and like <laughs> what he did drop the pass outrageous <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah they weren't I, happy with that either i think you should keep him um i i mean for me like you pretty much just move on from frank clark and orlando brown find a way to replace them keep your other guys be in a good cap situation add special players to your team add guys who are like Kadarius tony where they've got a shot to be a lot better on a different team that knows how to use them like take advantage and, of that and my prediction for what the Chiefs are going to do here is going to be that they're going to keep – they always – they never get rid of everybody. They're keeping Brown or Clark. One of them is staying. And then they're going to do their magical restructure stuff for the rest of the people. That's what my prediction is. And I yeah. know magical restructure stuff isn't a good explanation, but it's what yeah, it's they did last year. They cheat, basically. <laughs> they made it, yeah, saying. they cheated. They're they, gonna they're gonna get rid of one of these guys. Browner Clark's gonna go, and then they're gonna use magical powers to somehow be fine. It's not as bad as what the Eagles do. The Eagles are the worst because what they do is they'll sign someone to a three year deal, and then they'll add three void years on after and put like half the cap in those years. <laughs> so like Javon Hargrave is being paid by the Eagles organization for the next three years, and he's not under contract. <laughs> like that's the kind of stupid that's, crap that's they like do. Even that's too risky. Even for the Chiefs, they don't. That, that's crazy. Yeah, it's not but, very smart. Yeah, there's like using magic, which is what the Chiefs did, and then there's that. That's that's dark magic. There, that's <laughs> that's the that's the dark arts right there. That's Slytherin level. The Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles are a Slytherin team. I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, but that's obvious. Yeah, you're biased against them though, because you just played them in the Super Bowl and they hurt. I actually still quote unquote. Their fans are a bit aggressive, but I don't. Yeah, just a bit aggressive, flipping over (laughs) cars before the Super Bowl, just a tad. You know, literally, they had a jail in that stadium. Yeah. Before I've said I've said that to you before, but I just got to remind you. Is booing Santa? Yeah, that's just another level. (laughs) It's bad. Well. You got anything else you want to mention on any of this free agency talk? Pending free agents, that is. I would just I would just say that the Jaguars are going to make it work. They're going to cut two or three big people, and then the rest of the team will be fine. And the Chiefs are, like I said, they're going to get rid of Clark or Brown. I don't see them doing both because, I mean, they managed to – people thought they are going to get rid of both last year, and they managed to keep both somehow. So I think they get rid of one, keep the other, and then they'll do some restructuring and be fine. Yeah, I agree. And my official prediction for the Jaguars, I think Shaquille Griffin and Roy Robertson Harris are your cuts. You're going to trade or cut Chase on. You're going to extend Agnew, keep Jenkins, and then Taylor is going to end up walking. Or you're going to do some crazy trade with Cam Robinson that I don't think is going to happen, but that's your other option. Evan Ingram's going to stick around. Dewan Smoot is going to be a really late signing. Like he's going to go into free agency and then resign yeah, with the team. McKinnon. 
yeah, Arden Key will uh, will be resigned. Marvin Jones will not be resigned. Andrew Wingard will be. And I think this team will set itself up with some restructures, whether before or after, to where they have enough money to work on some of the holes on the roster because all these teams set themselves up to address that in free agency. So the draft is all about accumulating talent. And so I think they'll do, I think they'll go after like a defensive lineman or like a three, four outside linebacker, depending on where Trayvon plays and then they'll get a slot corner. And then the draft is going to be more of like an offensive focus because there's just a ton of talent there that would make sense for them. So that's where I'm at on and what I expect, but don't be shocked if they find a way to have some extra money heading into free agency to sign some cheaper players for both teams. It's just going to be easier for the Chiefs. Yeah, because they're not starting in a hole. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We just got a lot more things we can do is the main difference. But we are in a lot bigger of a uh, a hole. And we already added one player for the offseason because we have Calvin Ridley. So that's what makes it even crazier. Yeah. It's going to uh, suck not being on for a little bit in the show here. Yeah, well, we've got a few weeks, though. Three weeks, we'll talk about the Combine, have to do our research on that. And then we'll preview free agency. We'll talk about all these players that are going to be hitting the the uh, free agent class, I guess. I don't know how I'd word that. And that should be pretty fun, actually. We'll talk I a little bit uh... more about all the NFL, too. I can't wait to uh, go crazy about random free agents that the Chiefs should get. Yeah, Javon Hargrave, we can get him. I know we just got rid of Frank Clark, but we can get him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's our fan base. They're all like, every yeah, fan goes, this yeah, guy? it's every fan DeAndre base. They Hopkins, all go crazy for any player. Oh, yeah, Chiefs are already fourth... going crazy about Hopkins. They're yeah. already doing it. <laughs> you need a fourth elite receiver in case this guy goes down. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's why free agency is so fun, though. It's my it's one of my favorite times of the year. It the is draft is number one, other than obviously like a winning season. But yeah, draft and then free agency. They're just great times of the year. You can't be hurt. Your team can't lose, right? Like it's a lot or they happier too can lose. win the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you don't have to I, care I don't know what I don't know you, what you you're talking about. But... Oh, it doesn't matter. You won the Super Bowl, it's fine. Uh, that, I wonder how the Rams felt that way. I doubt they do anymore. <laughs> oh, this thing about the Rams scares me. There's no way we could even get close to that. It's not possible. It's really not. I I actually don't is, agree with you. I am still going to have nightmares about that. They're just how bad their season was. <laughs> you should have a better um, Yeah, I just assume that we can't do that. Yeah, I don't think Mahomes is going to allow that. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the free agency to start. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have more videos on here. We'll actually have Griffin on for one here soon, uh, talking about ways the Jaguars can take on the Chiefs and try to improve and maybe do some other stuff this offseason. But um, three weeks till our next episode. Thank you for joining. If you want to see certain things on here, let us know. If you want any improvements or changes, let us know that as well. We'll definitely listen to it. So... Thank you for taking the time. Hope you have a great rest of your day and go Jags.